I just finished watching the KBBC, which is the Klang Valley Bible Conference that happened uh, just a few minutes ago. This was uh, live on YouTube. So it's great, you know, it's happened in Malaysia, but I was able to watch it here in the UK and join other Malaysians as we listen to uh, Colossians 3 together. A guy named Stuart Colton was preaching on how important it is to set our minds on things above, not on things below on earth, but on heavenly things on Christ, who is our life, who is our identity. So think about that, have that kind of mindset and that kind of focus. So thank you so much, KBBC. Thank you so much for everyone who joined, you know, created that kind of atmosphere of togetherness in the gospel. That's great. Uh, we're going to look at uh, today's reading. Welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. We're looking at Jeremiah chapter 10. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word preached back home in Malaysia. Thank you for all the people who served you in this wonderful way of reminding us of the gospel and helping us to preach it more clearly and faithfully. Uh, help us now to understand your word and the gospel that's here in Jeremiah chapter 10. Uh, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was just checking this. Chapter 10, it is. Uh, so this is Jeremiah chapter 10. Hear the word that the Lord speaks to you, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, Learn not the way of the nations, don't copy them. Nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed at them. Don't be afraid of the things they're afraid of. For the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked by an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nail so that it cannot move. Their idols are like scarecrows in a cucumber field, and they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. Do not be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is it in them to do good. They can't do anything. These idols that they make by hand, by chop chopping down this tree and making it out of the wood from this tree, it's like a scarecrow. You know, you're worshiping a scarecrow in a cucumber field. So it's meant to describe this kind of silliness of fearing the kind of things the nations fear, worshiping the kind of things the nations worship in their idols. Verse 6, there is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O king of nations? For this is your due. For among all the wise ones of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. They are both stupid and foolish. The instruction of idols is but wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Uphaz. They are the work of the craftsmen and the hands of the goldsmith. Their clothing is violet and purple. They are all the work of skilled men, so they look really good. There's gold, there's silver. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At His wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure His indignation. So on the one hand, don't fear what the nations fear. But on the other hand, it is right for the nations to fear God because um, God is judging them for their idolatry. Verse 11, thus shall you say to them, the gods who 
did not make the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by understanding stretched out the heavens. So God created everything, everything in creation, everything in heaven and earth, but he created it by his understanding, by his wisdom. Um, I think a picture of the power of God's word. And hence, to know God in this word is to know his power, is to know this God who created everything through this word of power. Uh, he makes lightning for the rain and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Verse 14, every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols for his images are false and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion. At the time of their punishment, they shall perish. Not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob for he is the one who formed all things. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. I want to look at this again. He who is the portion of Jacob, he who formed all things. So on the one hand, God is the portion of Jacob, almost like you know, a slice of pie. <laughs> so, oh, this is your slice of pie. Talking about, well, you know, it's talking about inheritance. I'm just using imagery. But God almost belongs to his people, Jacob. But on the other hand, verse 16 again, Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. So they are his inheritance as well. So both are the, belong to one another. God belongs to his people and his people belong to him. There's this kind of like mutual belonging and love and relationship. It's quite beautiful. You know, the, the Bible describes our relationship with God like this. Verse 17, gather up your bundle from the ground, O you who dwell under siege. For thus says the Lord, behold, I am slinging out the inhabitants of the land at this time, and I will bring distress on them that they may feel it. Uh, okay, all right. So uh, it's interesting because I think here it's talking about this land. He's sling slinging out, kicking out the inhabitants of this land. So he was just talking about judging the nations, but he's pouring out that same judgment on this nation, which is supposed to be his inheritance because his own nation have committed the same sin of idolatry. So they're experiencing that same judgment. Verse 19, woe is me because of my hurt. My wound is grievous, but I say, truly this is an affliction and I must bear it. My tent is destroyed and all my cords are broken. My children have gone from me and they're not. There is no one to spread my tent again and to set up my curtains. For the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered and all their flock is scattered. Shepherds here is referring to God's leaders and the flock is referring to God's people. And the shepherds here are called stupid. Earlier on, you know, verse 14, every man is stupid, talking about all those who worship idols, every man who worships these pieces of wood. But now my leaders are stupid because they do not inquire of God. You know, they do not check with God. They do not find out what he wants. You know, they're worshiping idols, just like these other foolish men. Verse 22, a voice, a rumor, here it comes, behold it comes, sorry, 
a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah a desolation, a lair of jackals. Uh, we find this imagery again and again. Sometimes you hear words like, oh, it comes from Dan, or it comes from up north. And it's an advance warning of this judgment. Hence, you know, behold, it comes from the north country. You know, this invader from Babylon, and Babylon is up north. But the idea is God is giving advance warning, waves and waves of uh, words of rebuke and calls to repentance that they are ignoring. So they have that opportunity to turn back and they can hear it right now, but they, they don't pay heed, they don't pay attention. Uh, verse 23, I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself, that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. Pour out your wrath on the nations that know you not, and on the peoples that call not on your name. For they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him and consumed him, and have laid waste his habitation. So there's this back and forth, you know, God pouring out judgment on the nations, God pouring out judgment on his own people. But now here is this cry of repentance that calls for God's mercy, but also God's judgment to avenge these, avenge his people who have been attacked by the nations. And I think this is coming from Jeremiah. I think, I think that's a fair conclusion. It doesn't, it doesn't say by the way, but I think at least this speaker is interceding on behalf of his own people by repenting on behalf of his own people. You know, he says, correct me, but in justice, not in anger, lest you bring me to nothing. It means, you know, God, don't destroy me completely, but at the same time, turn me back, correct me in your goodness, in your rightness, in your justice, so that I turn back to your ways. And he acknowledges uh, the way of man is not in himself. You know, I, um, Maybe acknowledging that, that temptation to work things out by ourselves, you know, hence idolatry is creating your own God or coming up with your own way of worship. But, you know, looking externally outside of you towards God. You know, it is not in man who walks to direct his steps, but it is in God who directs his steps and corrects him and turns him back. And again, verse 25, pour out wrath on the nations, <laughs> that they don't know you, they don't call on your name, but they have devoured us, Jacob, and consumed him and laid waste his habitation. So ultimately, I think um, even after God pours out judgment on his people, and he's going to use the nations to do this, Babylon, it's going to be so tragic, and it's... Um, it's maybe an answer to the first part of prayer, correct us, you know, turn us back. After that happens, causes to turn back to you, after that, then bring your judgment upon this world so that in the end, it's your rule. It's something that you have instituted by your justice and by your sovereignties to show that you're God, the idols are not, that you are our God. And what these other nations worship you know, um, they, they don't know you and therefore punish them. Uh, yeah, uh, that's at least uh, Jeremiah's conclusion in chapter 10. Um, let's pray. Uh, Lord, to get to this point <laughs> of repentance and call for justice, uh, it involves you revealing our idolatry. 
and our unrepentance. So Lord, help us not to skip that step. Help us not to see, not to be blind towards the ways in which we turn away from you, that uh, we ignore your word, but instead correct us, be merciful towards us, <laughs> do not destroy us, but you know, in your love and through Christ, help us to live uh, our, in such a way that our identity is in him and not in ourselves. And ultimately, do bring your justice on this world. Uh, there is evil in this world. And Lord, um, it is only your righteousness and your goodness that will bring uh, ultimate peace and goodness and blessing to this creation you've created. So we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 10. And uh, yes, again and again, yeah, catch that uh, recording of KVBC. Uh, that's really, really good from Colossians chapter 3. Uh, also, I think they had it a couple of days ago as well, Colossians 1 and 2. I'm going to catch this after that, after this as well. So really highly encourage that uh, for you to watch. Yeah. Take care and God bless. Bye.